Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church in Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. Our Sunday worship is on site and online at 9.30 a.m. And you can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Don brings us a sermon titled, Are There Any Questions? from Psalm 78, 1 through 4. Scripture is read by Darren Fay. Give ear, O my people, to the teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known, that our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. Wonderful God, thank you for the opportunity to be your children. To be those who are uh, good stewards of the legacy you leave us. Help us be mindful uh, this morning, especially, of, uh, of what we're up to, what we're taking with us. Amen. Only a few more sermons before the end of the month and end of my time with you. And so that had me thinking about legacy, of course. But we had already ahead of time thought about May since we had for Memorial Day and wondering what's been left to us and what we'll be leaving others. It's a loaded and promising topic. Uh, how do we think about and pass along the faith? Uh, this morning's psalm has a couple of really interesting lines in it about uh, this fourth line, I will utter dark sayings from of old. Wow. Uh, you know, sometimes we have a very black and white, simplistic sense of what we're passing along. God requires something more of us, hard things to pass along as well. This opportunity will come to you. You don't know when. It's when you're driving the kid or the grandkid to the ball game, and the question comes, will you be up to the task? Are you dedicated to only passing along um, true and simple things you've been told? Or can you give them something more, something that they need? I think, I fear our kids and grandkids are far more sophisticated than we give them credit for. They're certainly far more sophisticated than we were <laughs> at their age. So the answers are going to need to be full of some dark sayings that we've heard and known. Both what our ancestors have told us. And then we're not going to hide those struggles, the incarnation, the flesh from our children. What we've done, sometimes some very unorthodox things, sometimes not pretty, sometimes very demanding. What has made you into a Christian? It's probably not an easy answer. That's the answer we should be passing along if it's a full and rich uh, legacy about the wonders God has done those wonders in our own lives. Our families need it. But really in aiming for this sermon for a few weeks, what I've been thinking about uh, is a reading from a book. There's a reading I've done to all my previous congregations. About, about uh, 40 years ago, maybe only 30, do you remember a book called Everything I Need to Learn I Learned in Kindergarten? by, by uh, it's uh, Robert Fulgham is his last name. After that, he wrote another book called It Was on Fire When I Lay Down on It, which is a great title. Uh, these are all uh, kind of 
short, this is about 10 minutes. Readings about faith and meaning and full of humor. And in this case, what I want to offer you up this morning as we kick off our May and memorial and closings and thinking of legacy and who we are, uh, this is a reading called Are There Any Questions uh, by Robert Fulgham. Are there any questions? An offer that comes at the end of college lectures and long meetings. Said when an audience is not only overdosed with information, but when there's no time left anyhow. <laughs> at times like that, you sure do have questions, like, can we leave now? And what the heck was this meeting for? And where can I get a drink? The gesture is supposed to indicate openness on the part of the speaker, I suppose, but if in fact you do ask a question, both the speaker and the audience will give you drop-dead looks. And some fool, some earnest idiot always asks, and the speaker always answers by repeating most of what they've already said. But if there's a little time left, and there's a little silence in response to the invitation, I usually ask the most important question of all. What is the meaning of life? You never know, somebody may have an answer, and I'd really hate to miss it because I was too socially inhibited to ask. But when I do ask, it's usually taken as a kind of absurdist move people laugh and nod and gather up their stuff and the meeting is dismissed on that ridiculous note once and only once I asked that question and got a serious answer one that is with me still first I must tell you where this happened because the place has a power of its own in Greece and we're, we're inside a story, inside a story, inside a sermon now. I know. Thank, thank you for listening. It's hard work. Near the village of Gonia, on a rocky bay on the island of Crete, sits a Greek Orthodox monastery. Alongside it, on land donated by the monastery, is an institute dedicated to human understanding and peace, especially to uh, rapprochement, it's a French word I might have just butchered. It means uh, once along, uh, once getting along again. Between Germans and Cretans, an improbable task given the bitter residue of war. The site is important because it overlooks a small airstrip at Malim where Nazi paratroopers invaded Crete and were attacked by peasants wielding kitchen knives and hay scythes. The retribution was terrible. The populations of entire villages were lined up and shot for assaulting Hitler's finest troops. High above the institute is a cemetery with a single cross marking the mass grave of Cretan partisans. And across the bay on yet another hill the regimented burial ground for the Nazi paratroopers. The memorials are so placed that all might see and never forget 
Hate was the only weapon the Cretans had at the end. And it was a weapon that many vowed never to give up. Never, ever. Against this heavy curtain of history, in this place where the stone of hatred is thick and hard, the existence of an institute devoted to healing the wounds of war is a fragile paradox. How has it come to be here? The answer is a man, Alexander Papadaris, a doctor of philosophy, teacher, politician, resident of Athens, but a son of this soil. At war's end, he came to believe that the Germans and Cretans had much to give one another, much to learn from one another, that they had an example to set. For if they could forgive each other and construct a creative relationship, then any people could. To make a lovely story short, Papaderos succeeded. The institute became a reality, a conference ground on the site of horror. And it was, in fact, a source of productive interactions between the two countries. Books have been written on the dreams that were realized by what people gave to people in that place. By the time I came to the Institute for a summer session, Alexander Papaderos had become a living legend. One look at him and you saw his strength, his intensity, energy, physical power, courage, intelligence, passion it radiated from his person and to speak to him to shake his hand to be in a room with him when he spoke was to experience his extraordinary electric humanity few people live up to their reputations when you get close Alexander Papaderos was an exception at the last session on the last morning of a two-week seminar on Greek culture led by intellectuals and experts in their fields who were recruited by Papaderos from all across Greece, Papaderos rose from his chair in the back of the room and walked to the front where he stood in bright Greek sunlight of an open window and looked out. We followed his gaze across the bay to the Iron Cross marking the German cemetery. He turned and made the ritual gesture. Are there any questions? Quiet quilted the room. These two weeks had generated enough questions for a lifetime, but for now, only silence. No questions, Papadero swept the room with his eyes. So I asked. Dr. Papaderos, what is the meaning of life? The usual laughter followed and people stirred to go. Papaderos held up his hand and stilled the room and looked at me for a long time asking with his eyes if I was serious and seeing from my eyes that I was. 
I will answer your question. Taking his wallet out of a hip pocket, he fished into a leather billfold and brought out a very small round mirror about the size of a quarter. And what he said went like this. When I was a small child during the war, we were very poor and we lived in a remote village. One day on the road, I found the broken pieces of a mirror. A German motorcycle had been wrecked in that place. I tried to find all the pieces and put them together, but it was not possible. So I kept only the largest piece, this one. And by scratching it on a stone, I made it round. I began to play with it as a toy and became fascinated by the fact that I could reflect light into dark places where the sun would never shine. In deep holes and crevices, in dark closets, it became a game for me to get light into the most inaccessible places I could find. I kept the little mirror, and as I went about my growing up, I would take it out in idle moments and continue the challenge of the game. As I became a man, I grew to understand that this was not just a child's game, but a metaphor for what I might do with my life. I came to understand that I am not the light or the source of light, but light, truth, understanding, knowledge is there, and it will only shine in many dark places if I reflect it. I am a fragment of a mirror whose whole design and shape I do not know. Nevertheless, with what I have, I can reflect light into the dark places of this world, into the black places in the hearts of people, and change some things in some people. Perhaps others may see and do likewise. This is what I am about. This is the meaning of my life. And then he took his small mirror and holding it carefully, caught the bright rays of daylight streaming through the window and reflected them onto my face and onto my hands folded on my desk in front of me. Much of what I experienced in the way of information about Greek culture and history that summer is gone from memory. But in the wallet of my mind, I carry a small, round mirror still. Are there any questions? Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you have enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. 
If you want to know more about New Hope, you can subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, The Midweek Memo, by going to our website and signing up. Friends, may you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and may you go and love your neighbor as yourself. Go in peace.